All right, it wasn't that long ago we were asking Scott Ritchie how Illinois would rise to number one in the nation. Well, in this week's podcast, Inside Illini Basketball, our beat writer and AP Top 25 voter is thinking, boy, how does Illinois avoid dropping out of the poll altogether? That's where college basketball can be fickle. If Illinois goes 1-1 one and one this week at the start of Big Ten play, depending on how they play, it could be tough to stay ranked. All right, Richie, we'll break that down. We'll look back at Missouri, and we'll remember Jimmy Collins all in this week's podcast. Come back after these messages. Hi, I'm Paul Rudy, CEO of Rudy Wealth Management and host of Paul Rudy's On The Money Radio Show. Every successful investor I've ever met continuously acted on a plan. Every failed investor I've ever met was constantly reacting to current events. If the recent market turmoil is keeping you up at night, maybe it's time you begin to make your investment and spending decisions based upon a retirement income plan. Perhaps it's time for you to listen to the little voice in your head telling you to call Rudy Wealth Management. You'll be happy you did. Rudy Wealth Management, Central Illinois Retirement Specialist, 356-1400. Pia Sports Bar and Grill presents Inside Illini Basketball. Pia Sports Bar is the number one Illini sports enthusiast bar in Champaign, hosting bus shuttles to all Illini basketball home games, serving up the best wings, beers, never-ending nachos, and mouth-watering burgers. Come visit Pia Sports Bar and Grill and try our famous Grand Slam burger while watching your favorite game. Pia Sports Bar and Grill is located at 1609 West Springfield Avenue in Champaign. Come be a part of the party at Pia's. Good Monday morning, everyone. I'm Jim Rosso, Vice President of News, and I'm kind of bummed out. But you know what? Scott Ritchie is here to cheer us all up after a tough, tough weekend. So cheer us up, Ritchie. It was just one game. I'm Um, just talking the whole weekend. Well, I mean, I don't know that I can do a lot if you're, you know, Real serious Illinois football fan. Uh, Northwestern loss was terrible. And then Lovey Smith lost his job. And it wasn't unreasonable that that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess the cheering up part is fresh start with whoever the new All coach right. is. All right. Hire a difference making coach, maybe. Kind of have to, I think, if you're Josh Whitman. Um, now's the time to get the hire right. Uh, but basketball wise, just one game. Missouri is a good team. I mean, they're a veteran team that's all sort of finally healthy, you know, at the same time, at least so far, you know, through their first five games. And, uh, still, I mean, just one game, but like Illinois probably shouldn't still have won that game, but it was another bragging rights game where Missouri came out with a lot of energy. Yep. The game meaning a lot to them. Illinois, just by talking about how, yeah, we need to do that. Didn't do it, and I don't understand why that has happened now three years in a row. We'll get into the bragging rights uh, loss. We'll get into uh, maybe some football. We'll see. Let's see how much time we have left. You know what I'm going to ask you first. So AP Top 25, fresh out this morning. Scott Ritchie votes every week. Uh, Illinois dropped out of the top ten with its second loss. Are they still the top-ranked two-loss team? 
Um, fair question. I have to check here. Uh, yes, they're still the top ranked two loss team at number thirteen. Thirteen. So they okay. fell seven spots, which reasonable. Sure. Because Missouri it was unranked heading into Saturday's game, and only has two losses. And other two loss teams have maybe not fared quite as well. You know, Duke's at number twenty one. North Carolina number twenty. How's Duke still ranked? Please tell me. When you start off really high, it takes a while to wow, fall off the bottom. Wow, they're bad. Yeah. Two bad losses. Not bad losses, but bad-looking losses. And they did not play well in either of no. the losses to Michigan State or Illinois. Um, the thing did is, you like, rank them? I did. Richie. And when you start off really high, it, and there wasn't a team that like I felt and. good about. to, And I still have this idea that... Duke's freshmen are pretty talented, and by the end of the year, I'll f- is that how you? Pick? I'll feel. I'll feel. You go by potential. Is that how you're doing your poll now? These days, I'm going to call the AP top twenty-five and, and apologize for the News Gazette. What's their number? <laughs> I, I don't know. I deal with them through email. Um, no, it's. I mean, through. I mean, Duke's played four games, and you know, well, well some teams have played you know tons. Xavier somehow has gotten in seven games so far. Um. Yeah, it's still, still a little bit based on you know what could be, and I can eventually Wendell Moore is not going to be terrible because he's been objectively terrible for Duke. But you know, yeah, we don't really need to talk about Duke. That yeah, much. I don't want to talk about him. I'm, I mean, I'm, you, I'm offended that you brought him up. I know the the Alabama coach had some pointed words, and now everybody's rallying around Duke. How? Well, and then Nate Oates also like walked it back right. and called Coach K to apologize. I mean, did he call Coach K? You think you think he had Coach K's number, or did he have to like us well, call I, the SID? And say, I think K. the way the way like the quote or the tweet from Nate Oates said is like he appreciated Coach K calling him back. So <laughs> I doubt Nate Oates had the direct number. Um, but uh, what, what like I don't mind Nate Oates saying what he said, other than maybe his tenuous grasp on exactly like what the pandemic is but he's had COVID so yeah screw it right um what he did was and I put some of the blame on the reporter that he used as a a puppet like he flipped the question back on the reporters like do you think mm-hmm. if Duke hadn't lost two games they still be playing he wanted them to say it so he wouldn't but just just say it Nate like you're the guy that at halftime the NCAA tournament game against Arizona where you were, or, or Buffalo, where he was previous that was beating Arizona, was like, we have more talent, whatever. Like, at halftime of the game, and then doubled down afterwards. And he proved you right, he, they won the game. But just say what you have to say. And then, but, you know, it's always, all these things get walked back. I mean, you just look at, uh, like, the Illinois football, or the Illinois Athletics Twitter after the Nebraska game where they, you know, thanked Nebraska for bringing back the Big Ten. And I think Minnesota, Minnesota had the same tweet on Saturday, and I think maybe it got deleted too. Like, just say what you have to say. If it's not 100% offensive or even somewhat okay. offensive, just roll with it. Okay, I'm going to say what I have to say. Richie, you're on a two-game prediction losing streak. All right? You, have pick, you picked Duke somehow to yeah. beat Illinois, and then you picked Illinois to beat Missouri. What in the world is going on in our prediction department? The first one, I mean, clearly – Maybe not a good call on my part, but 
I had reasons. Like I didn't just. I tried to talk you out of it. I didn't just pick Duke willy nilly. Um, who would have thought that Kofi Coburn was going to you know, all of a sudden have have things click as a perimeter defender? Because he did, and that really you know, kind of you know helped Illinois' cause against you know the, the matchups where I thought they'd have some issues. And then I mean, Illinois should have beat Missouri. Like as old and veteran and as good as Missouri is, Illinois in my opinion, has the better roster, and they just didn't show up. I would assume he showed up and scored 36 points. If he doesn't do that, I mean, that game's a laugher. Like, Missouri runs Illinois off the court. You disputed my uh, call. Uh, Scott Ritchie was on Snapchat. I hope everybody followed along on Saturday. Great tour of what I said was a pretty cool arena. I like it. Hello? I mean, Scott, are you here? It's fine. It's... All right, I'm just saying for an on-campus arena, it looked pretty cool. Take that, Hearn Center. Which was just uh, kind of across the way. Still there. Oh, it's still up? I think the building's still there. All right. There's a building there. They play intramurals there. That's probably what it belongs. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's... Apparently not impressed. I mean, kind of cookie-cutter modern arena. All right. So there. Missouri's ranked below Illinois, did I hear? Yeah, so... How is that possible? They have yet to lose. They're unbeaten. Have two, and they beat Illinois. Have two top two top 25 wins was they beat Oregon as well. I mean, Oregon since... And they're now. still ranked 16th? Number 16th. Hmm. I, Who messed that up? Well, I didn't because I had Missouri ranked... I got to pull up here. So I had Missouri 14 and I had Illinois 15. Okay. Because... I just saw Missouri beat Illinois. And you know, later in the year, like where, I mean, teams have played 15 games, like individual head-to-head matchups, like you can you can kind of, it's a sliding scale on how you rate, you know, kind of view teams. When they've played five games, six games, and you just saw one team beat the other, it's okay to make a big jump, put Missouri ahead of Illinois, because they are ahead of Illinois right now. All right, here's some uh, uh, theories. I want you to either agree with them, refute them, okay. throw them uh, in the trash can. Andre Cabello will start the Minnesota game. Uh, probably not. I mean, I think Brad Underwood will stick with his starting five and you know, bring Cabello off the bench as you know, fill the role that he's filled here lately as kind of the spark. You know, and, I mean... And that could happen at the first media timeout. So he doesn't play the first three and a half, four minutes of the game. Okay. Like, he ends up playing a lot. And, I mean, it's sort of, he sort of has that Andres Felice role as, you know, the guy off the bench. And, you know, eventually Andres Felice did wind up a starter. But right now I think Corbello holds on to the, the bench spark plug role that he has. He's got a lot of hair. Does does any thoughts of cutting that will make him faster? I mean, if it makes him faster, like <laughs> you won't be able to see him on the court because he's, he's pretty quick, right? No, I think you know it's uh, it's the Samson thing. Don't want to zap All his right. power. Don't want to zap his strength. And I mean, he's rocking the headband. I always appreciate that. Second, Andre Curbelo type theory. He's the best freshman on the team. True or false? I'm not sure it's a black and white issue, but. 
you know, just uh, there's, there's shades of gray on that. I mean, it's not like Adam Miller's bad, but Andre Cabello has played better in the last couple games. I think, I mean, that's a that's a pretty good problem to have if you have two freshman guards that are, the argument is like, which one is better? And both are still pretty productive. Here's what I heard on the way into work today. Kind of stung to hear it. Illinois is overrated. Refute that? I would say that they're properly rated now. I still think that, you know, they've got top 15, a top 15 quality roster. Have they played like a top 15 team throughout the season? No, but but they have. I mean, the Duke game, they played like a top five team you know, in the country. I mean, that was the best they've played both ends all season. Um, so I think, you know, 13 and, I mean, I had them 15. It's closer to reality right now. Much like that blizzard game back in the assembly hall, the referees for Saturday's Missouri game were picked from the crowd. Well, I mean, because I recognize them, I'll have to refute that, but... Like, someone didn't get them the memo that this was bragging rights and that physical play is kind of the the theme of that rivalry game. And there was also just some patently blown calls, too. I mean, so yeah, I mean it is what it is. You, you can complain about the officials all you want, but, I mean, it didn't change things in the moment. I like Brad Underwood's approach. He said, yeah, I'll probably get mad when I see the replays, but he addressed other uh, factors that had uh, that influenced the outcome more than the rest. Yeah, including, I mean, when the, the only good offense you can run is isolation for Ayo Sumu. And he, he was good in it, but you're not going to, like Brad Underwood said, you're not gonna, they're not going to win, and I don't think you can win. Especially against, I mean, Missouri, like Drew Smith, is a really good perimeter defender. And he got a lot of reps against Ayotisumu in isolation. And by the end of the game, had figured things out where I mean, he drew that charge and was able to finally slow Io down kind of in the last few minutes. And you know, Elma could not get over the hump. All right, can you explain that last possession for me? I know you wrote about it uh, in your Good Morning Illini Nation. Yeah, that was in Sunday but it was morning. So stunning to see it go awry after so many clutch clutch baskets. So in the moment, you know, I mean, that ball was obviously going to be in Ayodisumu's hands. I mean, that, I don't think that was a question. Um, did not look like he got a. I mean, he obviously didn't get a good shot off. Afterwards, you know, he kind of explained it was like he heard the Missouri bench yell to foul, which, you know, up three. Foul. That's not a bad idea. Limit. I mean, as long as you know they're not shooting. But he heard him foul, so he went into his mm-hmm. shooting motion. Thought he drew some contact. No foul was called, and I mean that kind of was the game. Brown Underwood said they were looking to get two, you know, for Io to you know attack the basket like he had been, and then foul and hoping Missouri missed some free throws. Which, I mean, I guess it was Drew Smith did miss two there at the end, but. For a team that was shooting, 
85 plus percent or whatever it was. I mean, they had made almost all their free throws. A risky move, and the math doesn't add up when you're. I mean, there was like 10 seconds on the clock, but hoping you get another possession, hoping Missouri misses some free throws. Uh, curious, at least. But, I mean, Iowa explained it away and, and in a way that makes sense from a basketball standpoint. Here's where we get into the theory department. Illinois, I mean, Missouri coaches were so smart. They read the room so well that the yelling foul, foul, was a ruse, <laughs> knowing the players could hear them and knowing that their Tigers really were instructed not to foul. But in the huddle, they said, we're going to yell, foul, foul, and see what happens. True or false? Oh, well, that's some real conspiracy theory stuff right there. Uh, I'm probably going to go false because there was, I mean, I didn't have a terrific angle on it, but you know, I was closely guarded enough where there could have been some some contact there. And in the way that game was officiated, it might have been reasonable on his part to think he could draw a foul. Um, but, I mean, that's some... It's real sneaky. That's a real sneaky move if, like, Conzo Martin was like, we're going to fake them out by yelling foul. I don't, I don't know that that... Hmm. All right. That's a, a theory that I think only can come from. A mind like yours, <laughs> Thank you, I think. Yeah, it was definitely a compliment. Thank you, Scott Ritchie. That made my day. All right. Illinois is going to start 0-2 in Big Ten play. Wow. Refute that. Because um, I know uh, John Wooden's team awaits on Sunday. <laughs> yeah, be, uh, John Wooden, I don't think, has any ties to Rutgers. <laughs> Well, the way you talk up the Scarlet Knights, it sure sounds like he does. Steve Peichel's a good coach. Um, no, I only will play Minnesota at home tomorrow. <clears> on Unbeaten Minnesota. Yeah, and I mean, they've got one top 100 win, and it was against Boston College, and it took them overtime. Like This is the first time they've left Minneapolis all season. I mean, they played Loyola Marymount in consecutive games. I mean, they're just an attempt to get games played this year. And Minnesota has some interesting pieces. Marcus Carr is obviously a really talented guard. I mean, that matchup with Io is going to be kind of the thing on Tuesday night. But I think Illinois wins that game, so I can refute your 0-2 start right there. Yeah. Playing at Rutgers on Sunday is not going to be easy. I mean, Illinois lost at Rutgers last season. Um, I would assume he did not play in that game because it came after the the fall he took against Michigan State. Um Rutgers is, I think, still without Geo Baker, but Ron Harper Jr. is their best player, which I've said multiple times, even though other people nationally sort of disagree with that. Um, and he's playing really well. He had a great game against Syracuse in the Big Ten ACC Challenge. His dad played for the Bulls. I'll just, just throw that out there. Not that it has any bearing on Sunday's game, but will not be an easy go of it for Illinois and Piscataway. But I, I think they beat Minnesota tomorrow, so at least one and one, if not if not two and zero, oh, we'll we'll find out. All right, Big Ten play starts Sunday. Michigan eking out a win against Penn State. Had no idea who the Penn State coach was. Jim Ferry. Okay. He uh, obviously took over. I like Penn State's uniforms. Okay, I, I'm just saying. That's. You know, Jim Ferry took over as the interim coach when Pat Chambers 
resigned or resigned before he could be dismissed, maybe. Um, former Duquesne, LIU Brooklyn coach. Can't say he's had a ton of success as a head coach, but Penn State did knock off top 25 Virginia Tech, you know, last week. And then almost beat Michigan yeah, in, at Michigan. So they're playing better than maybe most people expected. Yeah, Big Ten play starting, you know, with just a handful of games in is weird, but that's 2020. All right. Hey, uh, one last look back at Missouri. Mark Smith didn't play well. Jeremiah Tillman still didn't do much. Yeah. And Javon Pickett, of course, did something. Yeah, Javon he, Pickett. like Who knew he'd be the, the dagger of those three? I, he probably, I mean, would have been the third pick of, like, hey, who's right. going to. Yeah, Mark Smith is. Has only played good or played well. Jeez, has only played well in, in the bracket rights game when he played for Illinois. Since he transferred to Missouri, um, we had five points his sophomore year. Didn't score at all last year, and then he had what five points again on Saturday. So, Conzo uh, Martin talked a little bit about it. But it was just like the pressure he puts on himself for this game or something. He, he never plays well, but no, no worries because they have Javon Pickett. E.J. Liddell, former Illinois target, two-time News Gazette All-State Player of the Year. Out for the, the Buckeyes. What happened there? I don't get it. I don't. Well, it, I think it was officially he was out with a non-COVID illness. And I was watching their game yesterday against Cleveland State. Um, he was there on the bench. Uh, apparently, has mono. Okay. So I had mono in high school. It was devastating. Well, I can. It really. Is, Saps your energy. It's a, can be a serious illness, but I mean, he looked fine, I guess. But he was playing really well before he got sick. So that's a that's a loss for Ohio State. All right, Lovey Smith. Uh, we touched on that. Got fired. Um, one of the big asks of the next football coach is to hey, hang out with the community, show them some love, acknowledge them, go to their uh, quarterback club, cheer them up. I'll give Brad Underwood that much. He's got that part of the job mastered. I don't know if he likes it. I don't know if he enjoys it, but he sure fakes it well if he doesn't. Good well, for him. Well, he knows he has to do it. And Lovey Smith, the main things he maybe didn't do, that was one at the top of the list. And that really, and you know, Bob Osmondson wrote about this last week, really kind of came to the forefront where the Illinois High School Football Coaches Association had a, a virtual clinic last week and Pat Fitzgerald did a, you know, did a Zoom session or I guess whatever they use Zoom I assume, Zoom session with for the clinic. Um, Michael Oxley did a session. Um, Tom Allen, Indiana's coach, did a session. Lovey Smith said he had his team to worry about, and then they go get smoked in Northwestern. Not a good look. Maybe he knew he, uh, that would be his last game, as he is. Whitman said yesterday. The decision was made before the game. Maybe he knew and says, like, man, why am I doing that? I'm not going to be here next week. Theory number 12. Well, I mean, that that could be. And maybe, not, you know, Josh Warren said he didn't tell Lovey Smith until Sunday that, that it was over, even if the decision was made. But also, the way the season had gone, you know, Lovey Smith had to be thinking his time was was likely short in Champaign. But still, he was in the – he still had the job when he was approached about the clinic. Still had the job when he declined. So that was just kind of a 
another chapter in the Illinois under Lovey Smith really made zero effort to recruit the state of Illinois outside of you know his first full recruiting class, which he had like 10 guys from the state. And then the last class, 2020 class, had zero. Not saying you have to, you're, not, you're never going to lock down the state of Illinois if you're Illinois football trying to recruit it. But, you know, even a modicum of effort is probably a good idea. All right. Uh, again, Big Ten play starts this uh, week. Uh, anything else uh, out of that Saturday game that has you bothered, worried, uh, chomping on your nails? Uh, well, there was a lot of just un, you know, for the season sort of uncharacteristic play for Illinois. It just the fouling. I mean, there were some maybe not great calls, but Illinois also fouled a lot. They like. Got whistled for 25, probably earned a fair majority of them. Um, and just offensively, like what happened to the team that moved the ball so well against Duke and then couldn't run good offense unless it was just ISO for IO, you know, four days later. So, I mean, that's still early, but, you know, some consistency would probably be a good thing. That's it. I mean, it's one game. It was you know a three point game, mostly because I scored thirty six. But you're not worried about their depth. Well, I mean, when Brad Underwood was playing ten guys early in his time at Illinois, mm-hmm. I was like, hold your horses a little bit, like maybe tighten that rotation up. Now, I mean, he plays okay seven. I think. I mean, if they could get a little more, I mean. This is maybe a big ask for you know a freshman, especially what they're trying. They're asking Coleman Hawkins to do, but a little more from him would be good. I mean, Jacob Grandison, outside of like the first game, has not been great. Um, they could use a little more from him as well. And you know, I always, you know, I said several times that Benjamin Bosman's Verdunk could be a sort of under the radar X factor guy, but you know, until he's healthy, fully healthy, I mean. That's just, it's just there's obviously not getting anything from him, but I'm still curious to see if he can play the part as well as he looks the part because he looks like he should play power forward for a Big Ten team in 2020. Over the weekend, we uh, were told of the passing of Jimmy Collins, um, one of my favorite guys uh, from back in the day, Scotty, while you were still uh, skipping rocks in the creek at Eureka. Might I was covering Jimmy Collins. Might have skipped a rock or two in my day. Yeah, I bet you did. Anyway, well-liked, uh, fantastic recruiter. Got embroiled in some recruiting scandals, rightly or wrong, here at Illinois. Uh, was passed over for Lon Kruger when uh, Lou Henson stepped aside. Died over the weekend after battling an illness. Uh, great outpouring from a, a lot of former Illini, including... Uh, uh, a lot of those flying Illini. Yeah, and I was actually I was listening to Brian Barnhart and Lauren Tate this morning on the way into the office, and they had several people on to, to talk about Jimmy Collins, including Deion Thomas, who I think you know this was maybe true with you know, a lot of the players. Like Jimmy Collins was, you know, a real beyond being you know a, a coach was a real father figure for for some of those guys and. Just had a really good relationship with the players and recruited 
all of that talent out of Chicago that sort of made yeah, Illinois what it was in the in the eighties and nineties, late eighties and nineties. So yeah, it's uh, it's unfortunate. I never got the chance to to meet Jimmy Collins, but uh, I remember watching those teams and you know, watching him on the bench, you know, back when I was growing up. So yeah, it's a, it's another loss for the Illinois basketball program in a, a year. That included uh, Lou Henson's passing, so it's been a, kind of a rough one. All right, recruiting, looking ahead, anything uh, uh, happening? I mean, Luke Goody's playing well. I know that. We we say that every week. We know he's good. <laughs> All right. Um, we know ter- he might need some uh, folks to join him. Yeah, in terms of the 2021 class, though, there's not a lot, not a lot happening okay. with that group right. right now. Um, and I think it's going to be a case where – um, I think this week the NCAA is supposed to vote on whether the they're going to waive the the transfer the set out year waive that penalty so to speak. If that happens like everyone expects, I imagine Brad Underwood's going to really kind of key in on the transfer portal in the off season because from a high school recruiting standpoint, a lot of the 2021 guys that they've targeted have committed signed elsewhere there's still a few targets left um but and, and obviously they can add to that that list there's a lot, bunch of guys we've you never you know known were on the board until you know they signed in the spring but i think transfers could be the maybe the the quick fix and if it's a, a guy that's transferring after a freshman year you get him for three years so it could be a long-term fix as well any data you want to throw my way uh, I hate asking this question, I mean, actually. Do, I mean, do you but really want any? No, I, I don't. I just feel compelled as if I have to ask this uh, because okay. I know it makes your day. I'll give you one that ties into the bragging rights game. Is it a short one? Yeah. Thank you. El- El- through the first five games, Illinois was one of you know the top offensive rebounding teams in the country, ranked number one for a, a good portion, too. Um, they had six offensive rebounds against Missouri. And in the first half, they had three, none of them by an inv- individual player. It was just ball went out of bounds, and it was their possession. And Bre- which Brett, uh, Brett Underwood was not thrilled about a lot of things. That was, I think, the area he was most upset about because his teams are always good offensive rebounding teams, and they were not against Missouri. So Illinois is now 20th in the country in offensive rebounding percentage, still getting 37.9% of their own misses, but that number was way higher just uh, a week ago. NBA uh, preseason started last weekend. Great to see that back already. I was going to say, didn't we just crown the Lakers as the champions? That was great. Uh, Io's performance on Saturday night certainly will help his cause, you would think, if he needs any help. Yeah, well, the ESPN dropped its latest uh, draft board, the top 100 prospects. Um, Io was at number 35. Hmm. And Adam Miller was, in fact, I think, ranked like number 63. So just, just outside the second round. Um, this was before I mean, his not-so-hot performance against Missouri. But, yeah, I'll, okay. I mean, if you look at you know what I would assume is doing right now, he's averaging over just over 24 points, 7.5 rebounds, 5.2 or 3 assists per game. No other player in the country is averaging 24 points, seven rebounds, and five assists. It, it's him. He's putting up the type of season maybe he needs to to get that draft interest in. Shooting the ball from three really well. 
I mean, he's doing what he needs to do. We'll see what it means in terms of his draft stock. All right, he's on this list. This is why I'm going to ask, and I know a couple other players, but as of December 14th, Scott Ritchie, and you are a voting member of this panel, who is on your all-Big Ten team? Huh. Five players only. Yeah. Go ahead and give me the Rutgers, dude, because I know you will. Well, I mean, not necessarily. No, I know you're going to, so I'm just prefacing it. Five players. <laughs> you really want me to put Ron Harper? Your pre-Big Ten. I know there's been one game played already. Yeah. Well, there's three, like, absolute, well, maybe four no-brainers at this point. It's Iodosumu, okay. Luka Garza, Trace Jackson Davis, and Marcus Carr. And then the so f- wait, wait. I'm, your fourth one there. Marcus Carr. Hmm. You were the one that mentioned that Minnesota's unbeaten, and Marcus mm. Carr's averaging twenty three point eight points, six point two assists, and three point seven rebounds, shooting almost like essentially forty percent from three point range. And you mentioned they haven't played anybody. Well, who? I mean, there's a lot of people. Way to go, Marcus! Way to, anybody. way to pile up those points against the hundred plus teams. Impressive, but go ahead, let the. Let the stat sheet determine your, your All-Big Ten team. Also determined by I've watched Minnesota play this year and last year, and Marcus Carr's really good at basketball. And I'm pretty sure I vo- I did vote for him in the preseason All-Big Ten. So the fifth player, um, you know, it's I think there's maybe more competition for that spot. And there's really, I mean... I'm tempted just to give you Ron Harper Jr. Just do it. Just because you don't want it so much. But it's kind of thinking through the rest of the conference. I don't know if there would be a better option than him. I'm going to be real honest about it. Okay. But, you know, one guy that's played really well is a freshman. It's Hunter Dickinson at Michigan. Mm Mm-hmm. Mostly just because like he's given Michigan exactly what they needed, but you know Ron Harper Jr. probably going to get this okay. One. We'll close off this uh, week's podcast with your updated weekly Illini power poll. Your top three players. I assume number one hasn't changed. Well, but two and three probably have. Yeah, number one still I owe to see Okay, like he has a uh, what I like to call a stranglehold on that spot. Uh, number two though, I believe is a. a a one-spot jump from last week. Uh, okay. Sandra Corbello. All right. Agree with that. And number three on that power pole? You got to have a third. I do have to have a third because it's a three-spot three thing. Uh, I, think, I think Kofi Coburn, with the caveats, like, hold on to the ball just a little bit better, especially with the number two guy on that list, is going to throw you passes from angles you don't expect and it's going to hit you in the hands, maybe un- maybe surprisingly, but hold on to it. All right, follow along with Richie every day, 6 a.m., IlliniHQ.com. Good morning, Illini Nation, now in year three. Uh, he'll be at uh, courtside, or not courtside, he'll be up in the stands, State yeah. Farm Center on Midway Tuesday up. night. Midway up. And uh, tag along with the Rutgers uh, coverage as well. Uh, Illinois uh, may be on the verge of dropping out of the top 25 with a loss, or no? Not, uh, am I being too drastic? That's too far to drop. Well, because, I mean, they'll play. Say it's just, say they lose one of these games okay. this week. They go one and one. Um, 
five and three. I don't know that they drop all the way. It depends on how they play. If they just get smoked, then I'll drop them out probably. But they'll fall into the, I mean, towards the bottom. I mean, we're talking 24, 25. All right. Uh, hit up Richie on Twitter. Tell him where Illinois should be ranked. He he takes your advice sometimes, and uh, sometimes he just ignores you. <laughs> Trust me. Uh, no comment but uh, maybe so alright great stuff Scott we'll talk to you next week